So as forgiven people, we're going to listen now. We're going to listen to our reading and to Dan as he comes to speak to us. Morning, everybody. Uh, Which Bible character uh, didn't have a dad? Here he is. Here he is. Uh, This morning's reading is taken from uh, the first chapter of Joshua. And it goes like this. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, (laughs) Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. And as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. This is the word of the Lord. You didn't get me a music stand. It's a bit of a standing joke, and Emily's always got me a, sta- uh, uh, um, uh, a music stand because last time I disturbed all Koo's music and everything went pear shaped. Thank you. I know I'm short. <laughs> <laughs> I know Paul's very tall, and, but I'm not that <laughs> short. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Thank you. Oh dear. Thank you. <laughs> Shall we pray? Heavenly Fathers, we come to reflect on your word and listen for your word for us today. We pray that you would soften our hearts, that you would open up our mind, that you would expand our imagination, that you would fire us up with your spirit and fill us up and send us out. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So, I wonder how many of you here have uh, ever been on any kind of pilgrimage? Uh, a walk to somewhere particularly special or a journey to somewhere special uh, with an a kind of a, an expressed goal of kind of meeting with God in a new or different kind of way or setting aside some time to go on a journey to be with God. I mean, that's essentially what pilgrimage is all about. Uh, and I'm uh, really passionate about Holy Island, which is an island just off Northumberland, uh, up on the northeast coast. It's about 10 miles south of Berwick uh, and the Scottish border. It's an island that's cut off, uh, we can access by a causeway, and it's cut off from the mainland by water twice a day. It's got a, a particular uh, pro- uh, monastery there. Uh, and it was the seat of uh, Celtic missionaries. And the, the first Christians that came to uh, Britain came from Ireland up to Iona, down to Melrose, and then to Lindisfarne, where they set up uh, a, a kind of a monastery that was a staging post for sending people out to be missionaries to the local area, preaching the gospel to farmers and telling the good news about Jesus. 
And for me, it's been a very special place. And regularly, at least once or twice a year, Julia and I have taken a journey up there and spent time on the island uh, praying and being still and listening for God's voice. And that sense of journeying and pilgrimage is kind of rooted in uh, our, our Christian tradition. And today's Bible reading reminds us of exactly that. Julia read to us the, the part from Joshua, the beginning of Joshua, uh, and God says to him, to every place where you go and you set foot, I will give the ground that you walk on to you. Now I just want to remind you the context of what's happened. Before this, Moses has been leading the people of Israel in a journey through the wilderness. And God told them, I'm going to give you a special place, the promised land where you will be my people and I will be your God and you will live under my kingly rule. And I'm going to give you this land where you can go and you can settle and where you can live out being my people with me as king. And Moses had led the people of Israel. There have been lots of ups and downs, you may remember. But as Moses led the people of Israel to Jordan, God showed him the promised land. But because of Moses' disobedience, he died this side of the River Jordan. He saw the promised land, but he never stepped into it and took possession of it. And so Joshua, his second in command, is raised up. And God says to him, here's the land that I promised you. Now go and take possession of it. And wherever you set foot, I will give you that land. Joshua needed to step across the River Jordan and into the land that God was giving him and the people of Israel. But they needed to take possession of that land. And it was to be some journey that would take many years and there would be many, many battles. And as you read through the rest of the Old Testament, you start to hear of the battles that took place when Joshua and Caleb fought the giants in that land and the enemies in order to defeat, defeat them and take possession of the land that was promised to them by God. At the very end of that reading that Julia read to us, we heard God say to Joshua, and I will be with you just as I was with Moses. The book of Joshua is the story of Joshua and Caleb walking throughout the land, this promised land, with a desire to see it as God saw it, battling the enemy powers, knowing that God was infinitely more powerful than any giant or enemy that they would face. What I want you to see is that the whole story of the Bible is about Jesus being established as king over all. It's the, the establishment or the, and the re-establishment of God's kingdom. What we see in Genesis 1 and 2 is God creating a perfect world and then giving Adam and Eve, his creation, a place where they can live as God's people in Eden. And what we see is the perfect picture of God's people living in God's place under God's kingly rule in Eden. But when Adam and Eve stuff up and turn, to, turn away from God and do things their own way, they're removed from the Garden of Eden. And the rest of the story of the Bible is about God re-establishing his kingdom where God's people 
can live in God's place under God's rule. And what we see throughout the rest of the Old Testament is a journey where God chooses individuals to try and establish his kingdom, his kingly rule. And then he chooses Jacob and then ultimately Israel and a nation in which these chosen people will be God's people living in God's place with God as king, ruling over every area of their life. And so the promised land was the place where God had hoped, had wanted, had wished the people of Israel to live as his people and his place with him as king. And we know from the story of the Old Testament there were many ups and downs where that sometimes happened, but quite often a lot of the time it didn't. Jesus then comes in order to, to uh, bring about the kingdom of God in a new and different way. He dies on the cross, overcomes the power of sin and death in order that the kingdom of God might come close to all that would believe. That God's kingly rule would come into people's hearts and minds. So the, the kingdom of God is no longer defined by necessarily a geographical location, but by our willingness for us to submit in our hearts to say, yes, Jesus is king and I will allow him to rule and reign over every area and every aspect of my life. Jesus enables us to come back into relationship, perfect relationship with the Father, because we've been forgiven. And so we seek to then try and bring about God's kingly rule and reign in our life so that we live in relationship with one another and with the created order. And so what we have ultimately in Revelation is a fulfilment of God's kingly rule and reign being perfected as it was and started out in Genesis 1 and 2. In Revelation 21, there was a new heaven and a new earth where God's people would live in God's place under God's kingly rule. But what you and I are in the middle of at the moment is that in-between time where God's kingdom has come but has not yet been perfected. It has not come in all its fullness. And as God's children, as his disciples today and followers today, you and I are called to partner with him in ushering in his kingdom rule and reign now, in our lives, in the lives of our friends and our neighbours, in our street, in our local community, in our networks, in our places of work and our places of leisure, in every aspect and area and place of our local community in the institutions, in the buildings, in the businesses. We want to see God's kingdom come, where his rule and reign will be perfected, where Jesus will be seen to rule as king, where his kingdom of love and mercy and grace and love is perfected. And the role that you and I play is that we partner with God in seeking to bring about his kingdom rule and reign on earth, just as it is in heaven, so that we can bring about, work towards the fulfilment of God's completed kingdom on earth. The picture that we see, the perfect picture we see in Revelation, which is a fulfilment of what God had originally intended in Genesis 1 and 2. So, this is a very long-winded way of me basically saying that next Sunday we're going to do something completely different. We are going to go out and we are going to prayer walk 
the local area, the local parish, and we are going to pray for God's kingly rule and reign to come on earth as it is perfectly in heaven. We're going to pray for God's blessing on people, on places, on houses, on schools, on surgeries, on businesses. We're going to pray for God's kingdom to come, for God to bless those people and places, and for God's kingdom to be seen uh, and to be encountered. We're going to pray that people would see the reality of the risen Christ, that they would encounter Jesus' love and grace and be transformed by that. So next, th- next Sunday, the 30th of April, we're going to prayer walk our parish. We're going to meet here in church for about the first 10 minutes. We're going to have a short act of prayer, and then I'm going to send you out to do some prayer walking around the parish. Now, at this point, I suspect there's some of you here thinking, great, that means I can have Sunday off next week and just lie in bed. There will almost certainly be some of you thinking, what on earth is he talking about? And be a little bit disturbed, freaked out and frightened by the prospect of going outside the church and praying. And there will be some of you that are like, yes, why, why, why can't we go today? Why, why are we waiting until next week? So I recognise that there's a variety of people here with a variety of experiences and, and feelings about what this might mean. So let me just try and qualify and explain a picture of what this might look like and how we can engage. And what I want to say is, if you're freaking out and you're worried and anxious, don't be. Relax. All will be well. God is good. <coughs> um, have any of you here heard of Graham Kendrick? <laughs> Stick your hands up, give me an idea. Excellent, good. So a good number of you heard of Graham Kendrick. Back in the 80s and 90s, Graham Kendrick, who was really famous for writing songs and uh, hymns, started the initiative March for Jesus. Have any of you heard of the March for Jesus initiative movement? Excellent, good. Well, I'm glad to hear that. (laughs) Um, Well, basically, the March for Jesus movement was a bunch of Christians getting together, walking through a location uh, and praying and uh, as, as they went, culminating in a worship experience at the end where they would proclaim that Jesus is King and Lord of all. Uh, and it's the kind of, the, I guess, a bit of a start of the, the modern prayer walking movement. And Graham Kendrick describes prayer walking as praying on site with insight. Praying on site as in right on the location but praying with insight, with God's eyes, God's uh, heart for a particular locality, street, area, uh, and trying to see what it is that God might be wanting to show us about this particular location. Getting an insight for God's heart for those people and that particular area so that we can have our heart moved to pray in accordance with what God would want to, to do in that particular location praying for his kingly rule and reign to come. I think that there are some really important things to be said about prayer walking. It it takes us outside of our building, out there to where the people are at, where God wants to do the work of drawing people to himself. We're going out there claiming that ground, praying God's blessing, praying that God would move. It's a physical posture that takes us out of the security and safety of our church to go out there and to be on mission, 
praying for God's kingdom to come. Uh, And I think it's a great way of helping us to shift our heart and mind to be outward, purposefully outward focused and not necessarily inwardly located. It helps us to see our community in perhaps a different way as we ask God to show us things that we've not noticed before. Areas that might have been forgotten. Areas that feel like they may be a bit darker than other areas in our parish. But as we start to see that and our hearts are moved, so we develop a heart of love and justice and mercy that characterises the God that we love and serve and follow. So it's that sense of going on a a journey as we leave the building next week and we go out into the world to pray for God's kingdom to come, for his blessing to be poured out and for people's eyes and hearts to be softened as they come to know and understand the reality of who Jesus is. So let me just say a few practical things about prayer walking. It really is as simple as it sounds. Walk and pray. Now, you don't have to go along praying out loud, looking like you're a right right wally. You might want to go out along and pray out loud as you're walking along, but you might come across a bunch of people that think, what on earth is that that case doing? So you might want to go in small groups, twos, maybe a family of four, or maybe a couple of families. I, I wouldn't suggest you go out in a group of 15 or 20 people, because it looks a bit odd, doesn't it? 15 or 20 people all walking down down end high street together in a great big group. You might appear a little bit threatening and a little bit weird. So go out there in small groups, uh, maybe a family or maybe a couple of families. We've uh, designed some little cards here, particularly for children to be able to engage with this. Uh, Things that they can look out for as they walk with their parents. Uh, And there's a simple prayer response that the adults and children in a family can join in together where they pray God's blessing uh, on someone that might be walking alone and might be lonely, on uh, praying for a play park where children go and play, or a school or a surgery. There are things where we can look out for and walk and pray together. There's also a little prayer card here that I've I've designed and Julia made. for, for the adults with some uh, prayer pointers and ideas of things to be praying as you walk around. And I just simply want you to go out there and just pray all around our parish so that we can see God's love and grace and mercy poured out and we can see his kingdom come. It's something that all of us can get involved with, however anxious you might be feeling about. If you're feeling anxious or a little bit frightened, find somebody who isn't and go with them. And I just encourage you next week, we'll meet in here for 10 minutes for some worship to begin with. We're then going to go out for 45, 50 minutes praying in the local area and then we'll gather again at the end and share some stories of what we've seen and noticed, what we've heard God say to us. Maybe he's given us a, a, a picture, a verse, a prophecy, um, and we're going to share those and share some stories about what's happened in our prayer walking uh, from, f- as we gather together over coffee. The last thing to say is that 
Over here, we've got a massive map of our parish. And what I want us to do is when we come back next week, I'm going to get a bunch of highlighters, and I want you to colour in the street that you've walked down so that we can see what areas of our parish we've prayed for. And then over the course of the next weeks and months, I'm going to encourage all of you to be prayer walking whenever you're going about your business. So on your way to work, if you're walking and commuting, on your way to meeting a friend, on your way to uh, the gym, whatever it happens to be, when you're going out shopping, walk and pray at the same time. Or as you walk up and down your street, pray for it. Praying for the houses, the people that you know there, that God would pour out his love, that he would open eyes and soften hearts and make himself known. And so gradually we'll start to fill in all the bits of our parish that are being prayed for on a, on a regular basis. That might help us to see, A, the bits where we're not praying and where we might need to make a concerted effort to go and pray, uh, but it would also be a real encouragement for us to be able to see all the places that are being covered in prayer. This is about joining in with God's mission and God's business of bringing about his kingdom rule and reign. And I just want to excite you and enthuse you all to come next Sunday uh, and just have a go. If it's something you've never done before, don't worry. Uh, it's It's as simple as walking and praying to God and walking with God and praying with God. You don't have to pray out loud. You don't have to look weird. Uh, and you don't have to draw attention to yourself. But we're joining in with God's mission to see his world transformed by his love and goodness, by praying blessing and a release of God's power in our parish. Now, I'm aware that there may well be some of you here that are uh, not as mobile as others and that you may want to just remain here in the building. And that's completely fine, because what I'm going to do is put together a PowerPoint of different photographs and pictures of places around our parish, so that those that are less mobile can stay here, and they can join in a virtual prayer walk. (laughs) So they can stay in the building and watch the pictures on the screen and the prompts to pray. Uh, And as they see various places come up, you can imagine that you're in that place praying God's blessing, uh, praying for his kingdom to come, uh, praying that people will come to know the reality of Jesus being alive and risen today. (laughs) Let me ask, how many people here are, are excited by that as an idea? Great. I'm not going to ask those of you to put the, uh, a little bit anxious to put your hands up. All I want to say is, I understand, and it's okay to be a little bit anxious and a little bit not quite sure about this. What I want to really encourage you to do is come along and have a go. See what happens. See how God speaks to you as you do walk and pray. Uh, and I'm aware that obviously there are people at home that may well not be uh, able to get along and you can join in at home through the live stream and participating with the virtual prayer walk as you see the pictures. And I want all of us to be praying, let's see God's kingdom come 
here in Downend, in Staple Hill, in Bromley Heath. Let's see more people come to know the risen Jesus. Fantastic. So if you would like to, at the end, do pick up a leaflet for adults uh, and a leaflet for children, if, you, if you've got children or, or want your children to participate. There will be more of these available next week as well. Shall, shall we pray together? Oh no, I think Anita, you're coming up. Let's just be still for a moment or two and I'll just invite you, if, if you're feeling a little bit anxious by this, to bring your fears and anxiety to God. Ask him to strengthen you and give you courage to step out and do something a little bit new and a little bit different.